Hey, 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 it's your favorite career coach, Crystal Williams, and I'm back in the Peculiar Palace on the mic again this week to not only empower and position you to be all you can be to thrive in your career, but to also give you peculiar strategies that infuse faith to accelerate in your nine to five career journey. Let's jump into the episode. Hey, hey, hey. Welcome to a special edition of the Peculiar Career Chit Chat Podcast. This week, we'll be continuing with our Faith Over Facts Career Spotlight Series, where I give visibility to professionals within their 9 to 5 career journey who embody the five pillars of career acceleration. And just to remind you guys what the five pillars are, it strives to thrive and not just survive in your 9 to 5 career journey. Number two is focus more on their faith and the facts to overcome career challenges or obstacles. Number three is value being authentic within their career journey. Number four is cherish, maintaining their sanity in their work life. And number five is believe being peculiar is a strategy to level up in their career journey. So you all, this week, the spotlight is on Miss Ariana Byers, who I call Ari for short. So say hey, Ari. Hey, everyone. I'm so excited <laughs> to be here. Yes, I'm so excited to have you here. So Ari and I have been friends since we met, I want to say, freshman year of high school at Oscar yep, High in Chesapeake, Virginia where we both were track and field athletes, and oh my goodness, I can't believe, like, it's been, like, nearly 20 years, almost, right. since we've known each other. <laughs> Not since we graduated, yep. but since we've known each other. <laughs> since the first <laughs> day. I know. It's so crazy. It's so crazy, right? <laughs> we also went to the same college, the illustrious North Carolina A&T State University. So Aggie pride to all my Aggies listening. <laughs> where we both were business majors, too. And so to say the least, you guys, um, Ari and I have had many, many great memories. And I'm just so excited to have her a part of this Faith Over Facts Spotlight series because she not only is an amazing woman of God, but she is also an amazing professional, a mom, which she will definitely talk more about that later, that is always rising to new heights within her career journey. So without further ado, I'm going to turn it over to Ms. Ari so she can introduce herself to you. Hi, everyone. Again, um, this is such a great privilege. I was so excited when Crystal messaged me uh, to be on the podcast. I did not hesitate to say absolutely. Um, I love talking uh, just about the journey itself. Um, and if I have the opportunity to help anyone in any form or fashion, then I feel like at the end of the day I've been, I've done my part. Um, so uh, I, as Crystal said, uh, her and I met freshman year. Um, I actually uh, moved him to Virginia from Columbus, Ohio, and I moved to Virginia Beach um, is where I lived originally. And so I spent elementary school and middle school in Virginia Beach and transferred high school to Chesapeake where I started at Oscar Smith. So it was a completely different 
uh, journey for me because it was a different area. I'm already moving to a new state. And then a couple years later, you want me to go to a brand new city where those are not where my friends are. Um, and so it was, it wasn't a challenge, but it was just different. Um, so I will mm-hmm. say I met great people. Hey, I met Crystal. Um, <laughs> so Oscar, so Oscar Smith for, you know, graduated there. Then, um, A&T graduated with a business and management degree. Um, from there, I literally started working at CentOS Corporation, uh, like two, two weeks later, um, and I'll go into CentOS and all that good jazz. Because people always go, what is that? <laughs> so, <laughs> it's not like your everyday name, right? Um, and so right. literally started working, started my career two weeks after graduation. Um, and I've been with that company ever since. So working on 10 years with them. Um, so definitely mm. uh, a real quick snapshot of uh, my career and uh, the first time meeting Crystal and running track. Oh, man, we can tell track stories for days. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, and I still think about the those track days because, believe it or not, I'm out here trying to run now, and I'm trying to think of what our coaches taught us way back then. Uh, oh, my I, goodness. I can't run. <laughs> You know, you remember the ins and outs, right? So I'm you know, trying, trying to do my ins and outs around, around the neighborhood. Um, so, yeah, oh. I, I still utilize all of those trainings. Uh, but, yeah, mm-hmm. it definitely uh, took us back. So that's a, like a brief introduction. I am a mom. I have two beautiful children, uh, Carter, who is eight, and Zaria, who is 11. Um, they keep me on my toes for sure. So uh, I, I wouldn't trade that either for the world. Um, so that's a little quick snapshot of a, a quick introduction. Okay, well, thank you so much for doing that introduction. It was lovely. Just to um, talk about, you know, the past experiences that you've had and that we've had together. <laughs> but, um, okay, so you said you were going to give us some more insight on what syntax is. Like, what is that? I mean, I know it's your company you work for, but tell us exactly yep. what you do within your 9 to 5 career journey. And also, you should talk about any entrepreneurial ventures you may have, too. Absolutely. So, all right, let me give you all the story. So, Centos, never had heard of it ever before in my life either. Um, you know, all those mini career fairs, they would make us get dressed up in our really cheap suits back then and, you know, go to every single one to make sure you have all your resumes together. So this particular one, and for a business major, and Crystal, I don't know if you felt this way, but I know for me, going to the career fairs at that time were difficult because they were basically geared around your engineers. Um, right. And, and and so there wasn't a whole lot of opportunity falling in our laps for business majors. You almost had to really search it out. And mm-hmm. so you, we would go to these career fairs for, like, practice, and there was times where I would leave feeling like, oh, my gosh, I wasted my time. And so mm-hmm. <clears throat> this particular time, I got put on my JCPenney suit. I was looking cute. I was like, I'm going to get me an internship. (laughs) (laughs) I was going to get me an internship that day. And that was my junior year. Um, And that was when they were kind of making internships mandatory, but they really hadn't put that Mm -hmm. in place just yet. And so I really wanted the internship for experience, knowing that I would be graduating in that following year. So I go to the career fair. 
And I'm walking around this career fair, and this young lady comes and pulls me out of the crowd, literally just, hey, come over here. So I walk over there, and it's Centon. And they're like, hey, you know, we're looking for management trainees. Are you interested? And I'm like, what? Wait wait a minute. What is Centon? I'm like looking at the board, trying to act like I know what it is. I'm like, okay, I see trucks. (laughs) Like, I see certain pants. I don't know. Um, So long story short, I go through the process. You know, I I meet with uh, that young lady, her and I talked, I passed my resume. They then set up an interview on the campus that very next week. So I go to the interview, the whole entire shebang. At the end of that entire process, which is probably four or five interviews, she goes, hey, so when do you graduate? I'm like, well, I don't graduate till next year, 2010. And she said, oh, we thought you were graduating now. I'm sorry. We don't have anything for you. And I'm like, are you kidding me? Like, I'm really thinking, like, oh, I'm great to go. And they didn't have a position for me. They don't do internships. They literally thought the entire time I was a senior and I was graduating. And boom, nothing. So whole next year goes by, you know, we're applying like crazy. We're going to interviews and going to career fairs because the months are going and you know graduation is coming and you have either have to have a plan. You're either going to go into the military. This is, well, this is my mom's plan. Military, a job, mm-hmm. or master's degree. You only get those three, but you're not coming home. <laughs> so, so I only had those three options. And so I had honestly, uh, at that point, applied to grad school and was accepted. I had mm-hmm. applied to the military for the Air Force and was accepted. I had, but I still, it just did, still didn't seem right. You know, for me, mm-hmm. I had a daughter who was two years old. I had a mortgage that I had to pay on a, on a townhome. And graduation, my parents weren't paying that mortgage anymore. They, you know, right. I couldn't expect my parents to take care of my two-year-old. Like, that was my responsibility. So, for me, I had to figure it out. And it just still didn't seem right because neither one of those jobs presented an opportunity outside the military, which I knew really wasn't for me. (laughs) Um, Those opportunities didn't present an opportunity for me to make money for my child. And that's what I needed. So I just kept applying. I kept applying all dead ends. I finally uh, get to the last career fair. I want to say this was... December, uh, not December, this was uh, the fall, maybe September time frame. And I go to that career fair and CentOS is there. And I had studied CentOS from the front and the back. I knew that this mm-hmm. company was a uniform. They were a uniform company, uh, meaning they're a business-to-business company. So they only work with other businesses and provide everything that they need within that business, which would include your shirt, your pants, or your uniforms. Um, and that could be uh, regular uniforms. That could be safety uniforms. Any uniform that you need, we will provide that. Not only that, they also provide all of your mops, your mats, your soap, your paper towels. When you walk into stores and see sanitizers on the wall or you walk into the bathroom, you see toilet paper in there, nine times out of ten, that's our product. Um, 
and we are the leaders of all of our competitors. Okay, so I'm not trying to get a sales pitch, but <laughs> that's essentially what we're doing. Um, not only that, but they also have first aid and safety. So we do uh, uh, sprinkler systems and first aid kits and uh, fire extinguishers. So there's so many divisions. At that time, we were uh, we also had document management, so we were shredding documents for different businesses. Whatever you needed as a company, as a business, we provided that. Um, and so I knew, like, the CentOS portfolio, like, backwards and forwards when I walked up to them. I knew I wanted the interview, and I walked up to them, like, that's my job. Hey, I'm here to collect my job. Oh, Thank no, you. <laughs> so I walked in, you know, did the whole process again, all over again, um, and ended up uh, getting the job in Greensboro because it, it was a toss-up between Raleigh and Stan in Greensboro. Um, and they were allowed me to stay in Greensboro, which was great because I didn't have to move. Uh, and so uh, that, and, and since then, I've been with CentOS, and that was back in 2010. I've been with them ever since, since I was a, walked into the company as a management trainee. Um, so that was a program that was set up. Uh, it was 18 months long. You basically did everything in the, the, the division. Uh, the model for our management mm-hmm. trainees or, you know, how can you manage people if you've never done their job? Um, mm-hmm. So that it's not fair for me to come in fresh out of college and there's 35-year partners and I'm telling them what to do and I don't even know what they do. And right. so the, the you know, and that that's just from a leadership standpoint. The other thing the program does is it teaches you your soft skills. So you do a lot of meetings on, you know, your leadership and gaining knowledge and how to talk to people and how to engage and how to hire. Like, there's so many different parts of the training um, that you go through. So when you come out of it, you're a better, uh, you're a more successful leader for them. And so I did that for 18 months. And then I was asked to go into our catalog sales, which is basically, uh, if you wanted a shirt with a a purple shirt with pink polka dots, I could sell that to you. That's not in our normal <laughs> rental like uniform, but on the catalog side, I can sell you anything you want. I was able in that position to build a relationship with the coaches at Carolina um, mm-hmm. where I did a lot of their shirts. Uh, I did a lot of shirts. I worked with Haynes Brands, which I don't know if many people know that their headquarters is in Winston-Salem. And I, I bridged a relationship with them um, and did a lot of catalog stuff for them. Like they, they can't, Hanes cannot sell to the frontline consumer. They have to sell through their uh, larger stores. So we came in, and I provided a way for them to sell to the frontline consumer. And mm, um, that is so good. And so they, yeah. So that it really worked out because that was like I was like the middleman between them and Carolina at the time. So I'm getting all their champion stuff. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like putting, and these are like their workout gear, not really their, you know, their um, playing gear, more of their workout gear, some of the fun shirts the coaches mm-hmm. wanted to put together. Some of their sayings, oh my gosh, I would just cracked up laughing. Um, but it, it was a great relationship. I got a lot of free tickets out of that relationship. <laughs> um, which, you but know, but it was a great relationship. In corporate America, they are. Right, alive. right. Okay. Yes. And we worked hard, okay? They put us to work. <laughs> but, you know, that was a, a, a learning lesson, and not only in relationship building, but, you know, business in general. Uh, and, and then working with another corporation as large as Haynes Brands. I mean, you'd mm-hmm, be shocked with their facility. 
like what their facility looks like. And I literally asked them, like, hey, does Michael Jordan come up here often? <laughs> they were like, no, he might have been here once. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Um, but, you know, that was a really fun relationship. They do a lot of trade shows. Um, so I was able to tag along with them and all the trade shows that they do. And that's just, that's a whole nother world when you get into that. Um, and so, oh, uh, yeah, I mean, it, it was a lot of fun. Uh, so going into the, working in the catalog department from there, I then went into account accounting management um, where I was over accounts payable, accounts receivable, um, it, all the payable departments, everything, the engineering of the location kind of ran through me. Um, and that was different. Um, so that position, I actually had people working directly under me. Up until that point, mm-hmm. people had a dot, uh, employees had a dotted line to me but they didn't work directly for me. So this was mm-hmm. a whole other step in the in the leadership experience where it's like, all right, now I'm going to put you over people, and they're all going to be women, and have fun with that. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, my biggest Ooh. challenge is women. <laughs> and so that, that, that was challenging in so many different ways. Um, you're talking about someone who is very direct, um, yes. who really didn't oh care goodness. how they made people feel. I said what I said, you're going to do what I say, and that's just not a leader. You know, that I, I, I was able to salvage relationships, but I had to go through some really ups and downs in doing that. Um, it did teach me, though, that to tailor my directness, not necessarily yes. to get rid of it because, I think your partner, and we call, I'm going to say partners just because we call our employee partners. We do not call them employees. So I'm just used to that. (laughs) This is a career coaching moment. You guys, you definitely should look at your employer as a partner. Whether they call you a partner, you should look at them as your partner because you guys are working together towards a mission. So that means you're partnering up with them. To help them meet their bottom line or increase their bottom line. Absolutely. And that goes back to the philosophy of, you know, the reason why they have that management training program is so Mm -hmm. I can work side by side with that partner because I've got to, we've got to work together. We're going to get it done. And it starts with them. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, I have to, I mean, at the end of the day, I solely and truly believe the people that work for me are way more important than I am to the company. Um, and that, I, I truly believe that. And that's because I need them there. I need them on the front line. I need them mm-hmm. gathering and, and controlling and facilitating and all this other stuff. And, you know, I can lead mm-hmm. them, and I want to be a good leader, but I will never think I know more. I, can, I, I, I just won't. Um, I've met leaders like that and it doesn't go well. <laughs> exactly, exactly. That's what we just um, So it definitely is. <laughs> yep, yep. So that's definitely partnering. So we do, if I say partners, that's, that's what I am talking about. I am talking about our employees, but they are partners with us. Um, and so uh, me having partners report to me was very, very much different. Uh, and I did state that they all, they all were women and not that I do not like uh, women working for me, but I'm going to prove a point later when I tell you that I have, now I have all men working for me. So oh. completely different end of the spectrum. 
Uh, and so there were challenges, you know, that I had to face in making sure. I think I learned how to engage partners better in that role because mm-hmm. as women, at, at least in my role that I was in, I noticed that they like that. You know, they like it when I remember their birthday. They like it when, you know, mm-hmm. I'm ahead of, hey, happy anniversary, or hey, can I help you with that? Or, hey, mm-hmm. just how was your weekend? Um, and so really engaging them, but at the same time, correcting them and, and, and at times giving them opportunities to work on. And so it, yep. it was really a balance of the two because there was times where I put many partners in my office that I was there, that I, I appreciated and worked really hard for me and that I would, it would make my job harder if they left. I would pull them in. Those are partners that I had in past maybe of getting final written to. And it's not because I didn't mm-hmm. appreciate their work, but it is my job to get a goal. Um, at the end of the day, they sometimes put me in place for a reason, and I have to make sure that job gets done, and I want to make sure I have the right people doing it. So that mm-hmm. still doesn't mean I'm not pulling them in and having conversations and coaching. Now, I coach and coach and coach and coach and coach. That's the way we are trained. You coach, and then you coach again, and then you coach again, and then you coach again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, you know, we are like coaching fanatics over here before getting to any kind of disciplinary actions. Uh, but I would. I, one-on-one coaching, there's times where I would sit at a partner's desk for hours and literally watch them do their job. Micromanaging, because I knew they could do it, and when I was done, they were 10 times more successful, and they would come to me and say, thank you for helping me. So there, yes. I won't act like there wasn't some of that. But for the most part, you know, it was really about just making the environment uh, a workplace that they wanted to be in. Um, mm-hmm. And so doing things outside the box, you know, we had the best Christmas parties ever. Um, we, you know, uh, outings, we would go to outings all the time, just making mm-hmm. them feel appreciated. I learned that in that position. I also learned um, facilitating better. I learned more of the numbers. Um, I'm looking at P&Ls now. I'm looking at, you know, I'm doing credits and debits, that whole accounting world that I completely sucked at in college. <laughs> like, I think I took in school at AP, job, I, mean, I think I, I mean, it's, it's definitely yeah. easier because you're doing it on a regular basis, whereas you're in school, you're kind of like learning the concept of it, not necessarily right. seeing it. Right. Like, when I say totally different world, I, I can say this now, y'all, because I'm successful, but back then, I took accounting maybe two or three times. <laughs> all of them. All three of them. Okay. And it's okay. So I like you guys are in that same situation. Just be, focus on Ari's story and how successful she is now because that does, because you're failing or because you're not good in college, yep. it doesn't mean you're not going to be good in the world when you go out there. It does not at all. Absolutely. And that is right on the head because I tell you, I was I couldn't grasp it then. And now I'm, you know, at that time I'm in the job and that's what I'm doing. And I've, I've, mm-hmm. I've got to figure it out. And in my mind, I've got to figure it out for many reasons. One, I'm the, I'm the only uh, African-American sitting at this table in this room. I'm also the only female leader in here. Not only that, I have a child at home. Like there's so many reasons I'm thinking of why mm-hmm. I have to figure this out. Um, and I did. I figured it out, and I killed it. Like, you know, pat on the back, yes. not trying to 
boost myself, but yeah, I, well, I did a very good job in that you role. Gotta boost yourself up like that because self motivation—that—that yeah. <laughs> is so key. You had a lot of motivating factors in order to stay on the path to success within your career, such as your daughter. Yep. But also for personal reasons, because you just wanted to be the best at what you yep. were doing, and you wanted to operate in excellence, which is so key as a person of faith. Like you have to. Just know, yeah. I'm going to operate in excellence, and there's no ifs ands about it. So whatever I need to do, let me go ahead and do it. I'm going to do it. Yep, that's it. I'm going to get it done because one, I, you know, the Lord didn't make me a failure, so I'm going to exactly. I'm going to make sure I succeed. <laughs> and so exactly. that really was. Oh no, go ahead. Oh, that really was like the all the motivating factors for me. I will also say it, it helped having. Um, a, they always say, make sure you have a good boss. Make sure your your first mm-hmm. boss is a good boss. Um, and I mm-hmm. did have a very good first boss. Um, he he really set. Now, granted, there's there's a a couple things that I could say that weren't so great, and a couple conversations I could say that we had because I was always myself. Um, that I think we're probably yep. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Um, I always made sure to maintain to have to keep my authenticity, and he didn't like that at times. And there were some backdoor conversations that we had that I think made him uncomfortable, but it also bridged our relationship to have a better mm-hmm. relationship, um, which I think is what helped us. And so I actually really had a very good boss who pushed me and didn't take I can't or I won't or I can't figure out for an answer. It was like you don't come back in here until you have a solution. So there were so many things coming at me like you better you, you better figure this out and you better figure it out now. Why? <laughs> oh, my um, goodness. Yes. So, yeah, so, so I think, you know. Oh, oh no. Go ahead. No, go ahead. No, no. So piggybacking on on what you said about how, you know, the Lord made you to operate in excellence, like how has your faith played a role in overcoming some of the career challenges or obstacles you've had? And do, like, the facts of the situation you may be within in that particular season tend to overwhelm you? And if so, how did you overcome that? How did you handle that? Wow. Man, I'm trying to pick which one. <laughs> I would say I would Right. I would say more relative, um, or more recent uh situation is when I moved to South Carolina. And so moving after I did the accounting position at Centos, I did that four years and then I moved to South Carolina here two years ago for a uh, account manager position or service manager position here. And um, there was the move was very uh, scary. I think I only had maybe out of my entire village, and I have quite a few people in my village, maybe two people out of there that were supportive of me moving. Um, everyone else was like, it's going to be a disaster. You're going to fail. You're not going to be able to handle being by yourself and having two kids. Um, that's mm-hmm. the worst move you can make. I mean, you name it, I heard it. My, I mean, everybody from Mm. work, personal life. I mean, so the picture was already set up. But y'all, what she just went over were the facts, the facts of her situation. She named all those facts that were against her. But keep going. We're going to talk about the faith part. Yep. (laughs) 
So you name it, negative, it was said to me. Um, but I knew, one, I needed that move. One of the personal reasons, I just, I needed something more. I needed something different. I needed to get out of it. I just needed something else. Two, one thing about me, you tell, don't, don't ever tell me I'm going to fail because I will make sure I prove you wrong. <laughs> um, but... But I, it was scary, so I moved to, moved to South Carolina, um, got everything set up, I got the kids here, um, and I think that wasn't even the most challenging part. I moved here, and I started working at this location, and it was, it, it, it was just different, you know? It was different from all angles. South Carolina location here and versus the North Carolina case, location in North Carolina, it was almost like I ran the place um, because I had been there mm-hmm. so long. I was the long, longest-lasting manager. Everyone else was a little newer. You know, me and my boss had a really good relationship. And so I kind of, like, did what I wanted. I moved here. It was a totally different ball game. I'm the outsider. Now I have mm-hmm. to figure out how to build relationships with all these, and I don't mean this in any negative way, but all the white men that I don't know that really Mm -hmm. have biases, strong biases, Mm -hmm. too. Um, And I'm not talking about just race. I'm talking about race, class, gender. I mean, you name Mm -hmm. it, they have biases. Mm -hmm. And so you bring this little black girl who thinks she know it all into their house, that's a different ballgame. And I think Mm -hmm. that challenge, I mean, I had, there was was times where they were just so nasty to me. And I would walk Mm -hmm. in and they would have meetings and I would be like, so y'all not, I mean, y'all didn't tell me about the meeting? Like, what's going on? Oh, yeah, we're having a meeting. Like, you know, I had a lot of that, things that were said behind my back. I mean, mm. it was so hard. And I remember there was this one manager that was, he was probably the worst of all of them. And him and I had run-ins like it was nobody's business. And he wasn't, I'm a person who, if it happens in the house, keep it in the house. He wasn't like that. He was like, yeah, I'm just going to tell everybody. And for, for me, my brand is very important. And so I couldn't have anything negative like that, like, oh, she can't get along with her coworkers. I, I just didn't want that notion on my brand. So I made it my point to build a relationship with him. And I didn't know how I was going to do it, how it was going to come about. So I, try, I tried everything. I tried, like, being a little bit more aggressive. I tried backing down. I, I mean, and it really came down to it's a give and take and having conversations. And so him and I had many conversations. Like, I would just sit in his office and be intentional and just be like, so how, what you doing for the weekend? And, you know, just build conversations, agree, even when I don't really want to agree all the time. Um, so there was a little bit of that, too, but I can tell you six months later, uh, he was asking me to go uh, bring the kids to one of his son's birthday parties, and, hey, do you want to go fishing with us this weekend? And this is the guy who was, like, telling everybody he hated my guts. <laughs> and so to me, that was, you know, what a change, right? That was a hurdle. I, I climbed that hurdle, and I think that was a to me, I see that as a win because I, I built a relationship that was difficult. So now my relationship building going forward is going to get better. You know, my challenge has always been, you know, how can I fix communication? How can I do better? Because I always feel like when I go run my own, when I go run my own business or whatever I am that I have that's mine, I want to make sure I'm a good leader 
not just that I make money, but that I have people that want to work for me. So I have this mm-hmm. last two years with the difficult people that I've had to deal with, situations, I have taken that on as just a personal challenge. And I'm so, like, that one hurdle right there, that was like, whew. All right. <laughs> and so um, I think there were a couple hurdles in that, but getting to this point where now um, I'm still at the same location, there still are challenges, but the relationship building has changed. You know, at this point, I do have more to say, so I am at the table, and you're going to let me eat. Or I'm going to take it right. from you. One of the two. <laughs> what, what, so what you going to do? Like, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> I love your driven attitude and, like, I'm I'm here. Hear me roar. Type. <laughs> right. And from there, Amazing. I can tell you, yeah, being here, it did have me want to work on my own um, business as well because, I dealt with so much stuff from a racial, from a, like, everything, sexist standpoint, uh, name, like, everything you can think of, I felt like I dealt with it when I moved here. I could not tell you any stories of when I was really um, treated any type of way in corporate when I was in North Carolina. I won't say it never mm-hmm. happened, but it, was, it didn't happen to where I even noticed it. And so I didn't have that story. People would say, oh, all this stuff happens in corporate and, you know, you can't do this because you're a woman and you can't. That that wasn't my mm-hmm. case there. I didn't experience that until eight years later when I moved mm-hmm. and went to a totally different place. And so mm-hmm. that was my first time. And from there, it, it like lit, it almost lights a fire, like, hold up, this mm-hmm. really does happen. And you, like, step back and you're looking around you're like, wait. That that this is happening. Like this is happening a lot. Um, mm-hmm. you know, and people losing jobs because somebody pointed and, and I've seen it. I'm gonna point out the smallest thing you do because you made right. me mad and now I'm gonna cost you your job. I've seen it. And re- believe mm-hmm. it or not, it, it, I haven't seen it happen to any any white people, okay? <laughs> right. Right, so, right. Let's talk about I'm, it. Like, that's a whole like different podcast, being black and corporate. Right. <laughs> that's a whole but, other podcast. But I've, yes. I've seen it firsthand, not just color, though, women. I've seen women who mm-hmm. have a resume out of this world be turned down for a position and it given to a man who had less. And so I, yep. when you see it, you're like, wait a minute, this is really happening, and you're not blindfolded anymore. And so that really inspired me to start same consulting. Um, and, and for me, it, it really is about being authentic all the time, mm-hmm. and you can be authentic in the workplace. And so I really focus on doing diversity inclusion with the managers at work, um, making sure I talk about it. At, um, I am also with my company a part of our African American Resource Group, where we put together newsletters for the entire company. We hold uh, calls, and it's just for the African American partners in the company. And so mm-hmm. we get everybody together and have central meetings. So I go. So I'm a part of that committee as well. So I, at this point, am doing everything I can to make people aware. And I think that's the biggest thing, make people aware. And then also those who feel uncomfortable, get them to understand that they can be comfortable. Like you, there are times where I have to tailor how I talk, how I walk, how I look 
everything because of the environment that I'm in. But I will never, mm-hmm. ever, ever not be myself. I will always be me. Mm-hmm. I might not be able to, you know, snap my neck like I do with my girlfriends, but when I'm <laughs> in that setting, I'm myself. You know, I'm just the more professional yes. me. <laughs> yes. Yes. You, it, and you guys, let's, let's talk about that because being authentic, some people be like, well, if I'm not being authentic, if I can't snap my neck, no, there are many versions <laughs> of yourself. And, and right. I just made it so clear. She has a professional version, and she has a, oh, my girlfriends, this is what I'm going to do around them, blah, blah, blah. Yes. Yep. It's all of it's her being authentic. So nobody is stripping your authenticity away but you, really, if you think that yep. you can't do some of the things that you typically do. Know your environment. Absolutely. Be aware. Be aware. So I love how you gave us some very good details, some good insight on your challenges within corporate America and how your faith kind of played a role within that. Definitely, um, let's go to this last question I have for you. I'm asking, like, everybody this question because it's, like, a, a hot topic for me right now. So <laughs> why do you think – why do you think going to God about career-related issues can be like the last resort for some people when it comes to their career journey? <clears throat> I think so. That I think that question is multifold, and there's mm-hmm. a reason why. So I think successful, um, and I won't say unsuccessful, I think highly successful, right? And then you have those that are still kind of on the journey. Your higher successful individuals, I think at times, a lot of times, um, really get caught up in themselves. And I think they Mm -hmm. forget about the times where they didn't have all those bonuses coming in or they didn't Mm -hmm. have that contract signed or that big house, that brand-new car. I think a lot of times we forget the hallway. We made it to the door and in the room, and now we're drinking wine and our champagne, but we forget all the hallway (laughs) and all the hurdles and all that stuff we had to go through. And I think a lot of times we just forget to be humble. And so uh, I know for me personally, that that is something that I really, really keep in the forefront. I have a fear. Like, I fear God. Like, I fear that yes. if I don't thank God that he's going to take everything from me. Like, if I'm not mm-hmm. like, Lord, thank you for, you know, thank you for these groceries, thank you for that he, mm-hmm. he can. He can snatch it all from me, and that's my fault for being ungrateful. So I think a lot of times it is about remembering not just where you come from, but remembering the whole journey and everything you did. And I think a lot of that that probably is why people are in their cars praying to God. When do people usually go to the Lord? When things aren't right, you know, if their mm-hmm. career isn't going right or, oh, I really want this position. Oh, I really want that new job or that new car. Like, oh, now I'm going to pray for it. Well, now things right. aren't great. Now I'm going to pray that the Lord makes it better. Um, and it's mm-hmm. because now we're in need. People forget you're always in need. Always. You might not mm-hmm. be in need of food, but maybe you, you're you in the need for, you know, uh, reading. Maybe it's a different type of food. Maybe it's not something that you're hungry for, but you still need it. Maybe you need to understand. Maybe you need to do a little learning. You know, people hate to read. <laughs> <laughs> they love they love scrolling. People don't like to read and, 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 and gain knowledge. Um, 
So I really think uh, that really has a lot to do with it at the end of the day. For me, what, uh, I put uh, sticky notes on my on my mirror. I don't know if you do that, but I always put oh, different yeah. sticky notes every mm-hmm. week on my mirror on what I want. So right now I have three sticky notes, and it's my three Ps for the month, uh, perseverance, patience, and persistence. And then the last one um, that I added this morning that's so funny that you said that is prayer. And those are the ones, like, I really want to focus on. And I think all four of those, for me right now, in my my mind, for these next 30 days, I want to focus on getting better in those categories. Um, And when I feel like I'm not being patient, when I feel like, oh, did I pray today? Did I? And not just saying grace, right? A real prayer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, like real, like know, real prayer. Like, <laughs> yeah, like a real prayer. Let me, let me, consult, let me consult the, the, the source who gave me this resource, which is my job. How about that? Exactly. Or yeah. anything, you know, and like anything. I yes. years ago praying. When I was in North Carolina, I, at that point, wanted to buy a bigger home. But I really just didn't, at that time, just didn't have it. Like, I just started working, and I just, I didn't have it at the time. And I was in church, and they were like, you know, when you go home, put your hand on your, on your house and say, you know, the Lord, the blessing is coming, or whatever it is that you want. And so I did that. I went home, I prayed over my town home that I, that I, you know, had at the time. And here I am, I'm in South Carolina. I just bought a brand new home, my second home. Look, um, and it, yes. you know, and to me that that was that was the Lord. That was now that was a couple of years ago, but still, it doesn't matter. I was in prayer, mm-hmm. and I already put forth what I wanted. And people just don't mm-hmm. think that way. Why do you think this is where it ends? Maybe you want more, you know. Maybe you want mm-hmm. less. Maybe you just want to say thank you. So I just think my. In my mind, people just forget to be humble. They forget. They forget mm-hmm. the hallway. They forget the journey. Um, and that's, that's a scary place to be in because you really, if you're not fearing the Lord, you really need to. I've watched really great people lose everything over something small. And mm-hmm. I, can, I can, in my mind, I can name a couple times where I'm like, mm. That's probably why. Mm, well, did you, you know, have you prayed? Have you seek the Lord? Yes. And they haven't done any of that. Yes. Mhm. Like y'all, I when I talk about you know the reason why you need to be peculiar in your career journey, I'm not just talking out the side of my neck. I am talking because it's necessary. It's essential. It's a part of the true career acceleration. Honestly. It, it, it is. It is. And that's mm-hmm. why I'm having these guests come on the podcast. To, so you won't just hear it from my mouth, but you will hear their testimonies and see what they're experiencing and see how they have overcome because of their faith and also the skills that they have learned along the way. But but the reason I really yeah. want to highlight is because, yes, the faith is the, what people don't talk about. So I want to talk about it when it comes to your career journey. So Ari, faith um, is so important. Yes, exactly. So what's some advice you want to give people who need like some career inspiration in this season? Um, I would tell people to one, stay grounded. Uh, I think that's really, really important right now. There's so much going on in the world, right? 
social things going on, political things going on. You probably have personal uh, things going on. Your emotions are probably, whatever it is, um, really stay grounded. And, and that, that, you can do that a couple different ways. Uh, take a break from the TV. Uh, there's too much negativity. And I say TV, social media, all that. Stay away from the negative things. Not that you don't want to know what's going on. But I know for me, I have to unplug. My world is so busy. I really don't have time to know what, you know, the Joneses did down the street. I don't, I just don't have time. And that doesn't mean that I don't care, but I'm staying focused. Um, So I think that would be the second thing. Stay humble and stay focused. Your career will happen, um, which is where the third point goes in and says stay patient. Patience, patience, patience. Uh, I think we are people, and I mean people as in millennials, we want everything right now. It's got to happen right mm-hmm. now. You know, my, my friend to the left of me is making $100,000, and I'm an, I want to make $100,000 a year. Um, you know, mm-hmm. this person on this side of me just went and bought a brand-new car, and now I want one. I mean, we're so mm-hmm. in a rush to compete. Um, and I'm not trying to sound like a broken record. Like, I'm a – I'm one has done it. (laughs) So I've done the same thing. I think at this point in my career, the Lord has forced me to be patient. Right. Um, Mm -hmm. He has forced me to realize, you know what, you're not ready. And recognize when you're not ready and get ready. Um, Mm -hmm. And and the way I'm getting ready um, is I, I focus on leadership. I do desire to do more. Um, which means I will have more responsibility and people I will be responsible for. And so my focus is, to me, my growth is leadership, knowledge, um, you know, increasing my worth. Uh, And I think your worth increases um, by your knowledge. And and so there's a lot of ways that you can do this. But, again, I would say, you know, one, stay grounded. Um, stay focused and stay patient because your career will happen. Um, I, am a, I am a believer that whatever you're supposed to do, whatever your purpose is, the Lord will make sure you get there. Now, sometimes we create the harder path because we're not listening mm-hmm. listen to him, you know, or we're not engaged with him, so we don't even know what path we're supposed to be taking. And so sometimes mm. we can make that, we can make it a whole lot harder on ourselves than it has to be. But no matter what, I am a believer that that end goal that he wants you to be at, you're going to get there. You just yeah. either going to get it the hard way or the easy way, but you're going to get there. And so right. just, be, just be patient. I mean, no matter you, you if every, when everybody tells you no, you tell yourself yes at the end of the day. And you can tell yourself yes by making sure, like I said, I don't want to sound like a broken record again, but stay focused, stay grounded, um, and stay patient. Yes, we all heard it from Ari's mouth. That was amazing. Thank you for sharing your nine-to-five career journey, your entrepreneurial journey with us on this podcast. Um, I'm sure a lot of people are going to be blessed by this. You guys, definitely do not allow the information that she said fall on deaf ears. Execute, execute, implement, implement everything, you guys. Because I am not going to share with you anything bad. 
I'm just going to share with you all the good because that's what we're here to do on this podcast, okay? So until next time, I will talk to you guys soon. Thank you for joining me in the Peculiar Palace for another episode of the Peculiar Career Chit Chat Podcast. I pray this episode empowered and inspired you to go forth and conquer your career journey. So I'll catch you here next time.